am so passionate about helping women to thrive or guiding women towards a place. That's why I like to use terms like pleasant versus just safe, right? Safe is like survival, pleasant and joyful. That's thriving. Welcome to Insightful Adventuring. I'm your host, Heather Webster, and I'm so excited and feel privileged that you have taken the time to join me for today's episode. Today, I interview Dr. Nicole Montero, and we talk about how nature works into the work she does as a life coach and psychologist and author, and how she works nature also into her own life as she works through the struggles of her experiences as well, and how you can live a balanced life, which is also blissful. We also talk and go into privilege and what that looks like in terms of safety and, and accessibility. We have such a great conversation. So I'm going to turn it over to the interview without any further ado. I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome. Welcome, Dr. Montero, to the Insightful Adventuring Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. So excited to talk about this. Yeah, it's such a cool topic. And I know you have so much experience and I have your bio, but it's so much more powerful when the listeners get to hear from you about your story. So can you share a little bit about how you got to where you are and how nature and kind of insight of spirituality, how that might work into what you do with your clients? Yes. So I am a licensed psychologist and a certified life coach, as well as a professor and author. Um, But I think one of the things that ties together how I see things and how I experience the world is travel and being out in the world. And so much of my travel, I have always called it off the beaten track. So I am liable to be somewhere where I have to be outside. I have to be walking I'm not necessarily, I mean, I love luxury, you know, but I'm not someone that's like, I prefer to be in an all-inclusive resort. I want to be somewhere where I am outside and I'm just immersing myself, not only in culture, but in nature. And so that plays a big part in just how I see things and how I, you know, envision myself working with people with, you know, with in their own lives. That's so powerful. And it's powerful, right? When you live it and then you can bring that into your practice. Right. And it's something so amazing when you can immerse yourself in the culture of an area and how that culture plays a role with the nature that's around it as well. And do you have a favorite place that you've traveled to? Um, yes. So I've traveled throughout Africa, different parts of Africa in the middle East. Um, I lived for a time in Ethiopia and Botswana, which is in Southern Africa. And I've spent a lot of time in um, Senegal. And one of the things that is like, pulls all of those together or unites those is the amount of time that people spend outside. So like where you're in parts of Africa, you're even the more modern, you know, uh, houses and things like that, you're cooking outside, socializing outside, like there's always a part of the living space 
where you're just outside. And it's not like you have to say, oh, let me go outside. It's just that it's part of it. So those like stick out to me, like, you know, just being in traveling throughout Africa and um, really just spending time outside with people. Yeah, I find that as kind of a digital nomad who's roaming myself and I live out of a Toyota Tacoma. So a pretty small truck. I don't have like an RV or anything like that. And it's very interesting because most of what I do has to be outside other than sleeping, really. Um, My cooking happens outside. My living happens mostly outside. And it's it's very interesting when weather comes in or thinking about how I used to live and survive in my house and how some of that like thinking still comes into play when I'm on the road Mm -hmm. of wait, like I'm cooking outside, but most of the people around me that are in RVs or, um, have bigger living situations, whether it be tiny house or whatever, they'd still do most of that inside. And I love it when you get to a space where what you're talking about, how the culture does things regularly outdoors. And that um, I know I have a friend who was in the nutrition program with me and she did some of her training in Senegal. Mm, oh yeah and so it was very interesting to see and talk to her about how part of living happens outside and that's the culture Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. very different from the culture here where it's like you cook outside regularly like every day (laughs) right and so do you find that kind of conflicting in yourself as well um Well, now that I am back in the States, it was a huge adjustment. Um, And of course, you know, I'm on the East Coast. So we have it's like it's freezing at some point. Right. Um, But you feel that pull to like, oh, God, I need to go for a walk or I need to do something no matter what the weather conditions are, because that's still like it started to become so ingrained in me to um, be outside, but I do see the difference where like the, you know, the culture in the U S people are like, well, why would you do that outside? And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. People see things differently. (laughs) And I'm still kind of connected to that wanting to be outside, whether it's just, you know, sometimes I'll do some of my sessions, my, you know, with my clients, if the weather is nice, I always take my computer or my phone and I do sessions in my backyard. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that I, and I feel like it transmits to the clients. Like they see me outside and I feel like it just creates that environment as if we're both outside. Yes. And it probably, like you said, transmits this different energy of how you come and show like when I was setting up for the podcast episode today, mm. I was like, Ooh, I, I have to sit next to this window. Cause it's amazing. Like the, the tree, the plants are right there. Right. And yeah. being able to write that energy comes through so you can then like share it with the people around you. Mm-hmm. It you, brings me, it puts me in a different energy. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And do you find that, So one of the things that I get a lot while being on the road, but also like just being in nature myself and solo, that there's this 
idea of, and I'll say society feels who should be solo outside and who should. And I know I've talked to women about this in the past. I've also talked to different people about like, like races and things like that and comfortability outdoors. And I find it a lot, especially as a woman who's solo traveling, people are like, oh, are you protecting yourself? Or what do you know? Is that, that's not safe. But somebody might not ever say that to a man. Yeah. Yeah. In your travels, did you do you see a difference in that? And also, how when you're talking with your clients about nature, how does how do you see that kind of coming up? Yeah, well, I'll take the second part because you bring up a good point, which has to do with privilege. That's and I've even heard people say, like, if people live in a certain socioeconomic, you know, they have a certain socioeconomic status, or they live in a certain area where it may not be safe. And you're trying to tell people, oh, practice mindfulness and go and walk and just be out in the morning and at night. And, you know, I've heard pushback about that because it's like, if you're not understanding people's environments or if, you know, there's a lot of environmental racism where some areas have a lot of pollution or closer to, you know, poor quality air and, it's not, if you don't take that into account, it's almost like you're discounting a person's reality when you're trying to, you know, encourage these things, or you need to think about it more broadly, like, okay, do you have to actually go somewhere else to enjoy a beautiful walk? And it's not in your own neighborhood. Um, So that is something that I do think about. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, As far as the traveling alone, I, it's interesting. That's probably why I've chosen to, I love, like I said, I've traveled a lot in Africa, the Middle East. I've been to Asia, a lot of places in Asia, but I prefer places where I just blend in. Yeah. And so it kind of, I don't know if that's a subconscious thing or what, but you know, yeah, you still have to think about your safety, but there's something about blending in with people that kind of maybe gives a level of comfort. Yeah. I never really even mm-hmm. thought about it in that way, but I, I understand where you're coming from because when I spent a year in South Korea, mm. I did not blend in. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially because I liked to travel to places that were off the beaten path a little bit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the same time, the um it was a swine flu it was at the point where oh, yes. things was coming through and everybody thought that anybody who was coming over from the u.s was bringing it and i had mm. already been there for six months and it was a very clear it really helped me understand even though i fully can never understand what it's like to be in the minority when i would get on the bus and i was the only person that was getting on that was white Mm. and that was American and I remember them looking at me or there was a time where people wouldn't get on the elevator with me and it was a very interesting moment of really because I've always been somebody who has talked about anti like using anti-bias curriculum when I was a teacher Mm. and really looking at I love talking about culture and I love talking about privilege because I think it's something that we need to talk about more. And so I'm so happy that you 
I've welcomed that to go there as well. Because uh-huh. I think there's something I was interviewing somebody a while ago who was talking about how she works with ad advertisement and talking about how being represented mm, yes. in advertisements in media in, and I know REI is working on that a lot of trying to show women trying to show different cultures and races out there in their advertisements, yeah. in their social media. But I don't know if we talk enough about access and what you were saying. And I know I, I do this myself sometimes where I'll say, Oh, you can go down to your local park if you live in this, mm. but I, I don't look at it as clearly as what you're saying about, no, you need to dive deeper than just saying, go to your local park. If you're in the city. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of, places where there's an increase in violence and gun violence and while it affects everyone there's certain demographics that it affects more like Mm -hmm. for example in a lot of cities young black males or young black and brown males so the idea of like oh just go out like there's a whole level of um of safety that they may be thinking about that others aren't aware of Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's such an important thing to think about as we, but we know also that nature is healing. And so if you get people out and off the screens and just, you know, you're walking and you see other people, but it has to be, you have to have access. You have to, people have to go to those places where that environment is set. Mm-hmm. I know I've been noticing that a lot with access, whether we talk about nature or whether you talk about local produce like mm. when I go into grocery stores across the country and just being like no they people some people don't have access to produce or foods that are considered healthy because their yeah. local convenience store only has this and if they don't have a car to drive two hours to the health food store right and with gas prices and all of that it's it's very access is such a huge topic and yes powerful so what when you're working with your clients and working with people and talking about getting out in nature and kind of keeping that idea in your head how do you how do you like approach that how do you support them in bringing nature into their lives and yeah, I I mean I ask, you know, the questions directly like is do you is it safe mm-hmm. or does it feel comfortable or is it pleasant for you to go out your door and just go for a walk or how how hard or difficult does it feel to you to get to a place where you could be in a nice, you know, natural environment? So to kind of just have the conversation versus making suggestions that where they're like, okay, but they never, they don't, in their mind, they're like, she doesn't get it, but they won't tell you. Um, So it's really um, having, being able to have the conversation. Mm. And I like how you asked that question. Is it pleasant? Because that encompasses so much more. Mm -hmm. Is it safe? But if you kind of, use that word pleasant, it can, I think that can open the door for so much conversation because pleasant is 
such a subjective term to what is what's pleasant for me is not pleasant for you yeah right and so using that even that term is such a powerful term to be able to open that conversation up I'm sure for people to share and for you to get a good insight into who the person is Mm -hmm. it really does Mm -hmm. versus just um imposing like oh it's it's safe or you have a park down the street or something without knowing what that experience would be for them and maybe at that park that is like a beautiful park to you maybe something happened in that park Mm -hmm. and so for them there's a part of them that is feeling like they never want to walk in that park at all yeah 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 yeah. So tell me a little bit more about what you do with your clients in terms of the life coaching and how that works into, because I love how you took something. And I think this is a lot of people's kind of path sometimes is mm-hmm. go from the education and the schooling and then say, okay, how can I make this more meaningful? Mm-hmm and align yeah. the purpose of what you want to do. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I um, I am so passionate about helping women to thrive or guiding women towards a place. That's why I like to use terms like pleasant versus just safe, right? Safe <laughs> is like survival. Pleasant and joyful, that's thriving. And so I work specifically with women to help them develop better balance and healthy boundaries in different areas of their lives. Mm -hmm. Because my experience is that that's one area that influences so much. So with the coaching, I have, you know, I have a group coaching program. I have a book, I have everything around boundaries. And that is actually the pathway to help women to get to know themselves better, to be able to understand what's um, what they want in their relationships, what's healthy to them. Mm-hmm. And the way I kind of connected it to my own experience, my own journey, my own travels is that it's been the times when I've just been out in the world and connected to myself that I've had these insights and more clarity around um, what I want for myself. And that has been helpful in helping me to decide on the boundaries I want. What people do I want to be in my life? What people need to have a different access to me? You know, are there areas where work or other things are taking over? So it really has developed into a passion of helping people to be clear about who they are and their purpose. And, um, you know, because I'm a, a sort of an expert in boundaries, that's the way that I help women to get to that place. And what an amazing thing to do, because mm-hmm. it, when I talk to some of the women clients that I talk to, boundaries comes up all the time because mm-hmm. we as a society have never, well, or the society out there, I guess I should say, <laughs> doesn't allow women to have boundaries typically in the way that that says that you can have boundaries for what you want not what society says you want to have or should have and it's like you said that the the downloads the insight that comes from nature 
that helps you realize those pieces of who you want to allow in, what the thoughts you want to have allow in, what what is the mm-hmm. space you want to allow in. And I think it's it's so, I use the word powerful so much because it is, but this idea mm-hmm. around like you telling them it's okay and for them to feel that it is okay to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. not just that woman that is, excuse my language, the bitch, because she's putting boundaries Mm. down. You're being the woman that is allowing herself to say, this is what I deserve. Yeah. I love that term. Your boundaries doesn't mean you're that bitch. It means that you're actually becoming your best self as a woman. Yeah. And you're allowed to speak up. And I, it's interesting because as I've been kind of putting stuff and material out in the world of like ideas, there was one post I did recently about speaking up Mm. and there was so much, like so much more traction to that post. And again, I don't do it for the traction or the, whatever. I just put it out there. I think once women start speaking their mind and saying, this is what we deserve and what we expect for our, to be respected and loved and share and like welcome in like that. That's when people are like, yes, we're hearing you. And you're also giving women a voice to say, this is, this is okay to say this. And it's also then giving the younger generation a model. Yes. That's the word I was thinking, a model. We're modeling for them. Other, I would say like um, aspects of success as a, as a person. And one of those is having healthy boundaries so you can have healthy relationships. Yeah. Isn't it funny how clearly once you start putting the boundaries up, you're getting a better relationship with yourself, but that means you're also helping every relationship that you're in exactly exactly that is exact that was my whole motivation the impetus for me really focusing on boundaries with women because it literally opens up my whole platform is called boundaries to bliss so it really does lead you to bliss and and enjoyment and ease in different areas of your life So if you were going to share like two or three tips for people for creating boundaries, what would those Uh, be? So I would say um, get out and spend time with yourself and get to know you. What is it that you like? What are your preferences? Because I think an important part of boundaries is definitely being able to say no. But a lot of times we start there. So what are we saying no to? We first have to know what we want to say yes to. So I would say is just spend time, spend 10 minutes a day with yourself. If that could be outside in nature, great, but it could just be reflecting or writing or so forth. Um, The second tip would be you do have to have practice saying no. (laughs) So you might want to determine like two or three people in your life that you know boundaries are just, that's a sticking point. And, and go through in your mind and start to practice like conversations that you might want to have with that, that person. 
And usually it's a person that you're closest to, right? Yeah. Or someone that you care about. So you want to be thoughtful and, and think about the kind of conversations. It takes courage, but you know, you can do it if you kind of put some intention into it. And then the third tip would be um, to really connect with like-minded people. We all have to find our community of other women, other people who, who value what we value. And that way we're spending less time worrying about saying no to everybody because we're surrounding ourselves with people that, that we feel affirm us and we affirm them as well. Wow. All, all great tips. <laughs> and it's very interesting because as you were talking and I was kind of thinking about the whole, what do you want to say yes to? It's very mm -hmm. easy to know what, we, or I say easy in quotation marks, yeah. right? It's not easy, but mm -hmm. it's, easier to know the things that you're like, oh, that doesn't feel right. I want to say no to that. But then tuning into what do you want to say yes to is also such a powerful boundary to be able to put up to say, this is what I want in my life. Mm -hmm. And this is what I don't want to. And then this idea of practicing saying no, because you don't want to just say no to say no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as you were talking, I was thinking about that there's some healing that I'm sure comes out of setting up boundaries. But I do you find with some of your clients that there's healing that has to be done before they can set up boundaries to set up the right boundaries? I feel like it's, it's sort of an interplay, right? Like part of the healing might be identifying where boundaries are, are not healthy, not balanced and understanding maybe why that is, you know, experiences in life. Um, but it's also being it, part of the healing comes from establishing boundaries and speaking up and affirming who you are. That's part of the process of healing as well. That makes sense. And it's, this is why, and so for all the listeners out there, this is why coaches are needed, right? It's like, you can't do this work. Well, you can, it's just going to be 10 times harder and you might like, it might take so much longer to get there and you're going to end up needing mm -hmm. a coach anyway. So you're going to get one yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is where coaches become so powerful. And here I am talking with Nicole and I bet both of, I know I have a coach that I work with for certain things. And I'm sure you've used coaches too. It's, and it might go by a different name. It might be, oh, you've talked to a therapist or whatever, mm -hmm. depending on, or mine's like a business coach. And then I have another coach that I work with or a healer that I work with, right? And so when you start working with people, they're able to help show you what you might not be able to see mm -hmm. and also help some of that healing process. And, and also, like you said at the third tip, that creating that community of like-minded individuals can also include a coach, but also friends or people that you're starting to build that community. Cause a lot of times we look at, and I'm, and you could correct me, Nicole, if I'm <laughs> going the wrong way, but I know for me, my community of people has changed. And now that I've been doing a lot of this more, more, this more insight and intuition and more deeper work on who I am and healing, it's okay to be able to say, I need to let some people go from my past mm -hmm. to allow new people in. 
that are going to align better. Yes, you have to make room and it's okay. And you have to give yourself permission to do that. It's so powerful. And I and I love all the tips that you've shared. I don't want to uh, keep you for super long, but where do people find you? Where, if they are interested in learning more about the work you do, uh, where can they follow you and find you? Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Chad Wellness, C-H-A-D-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. You can go to my website, which is Dr. Nicole Montero, M-O-N-T-E-I-R-O.com. Or if you just want to taste and, and skip all of that, I have a, a free masterclass that I hold regularly and you can sign up. It's called Banish Burnout and Build Bliss. You can just go and sign up at theblissworkshop.com. This is a free masterclass. I, we go into a lot of what we talk about here and um, it's my way of giving back and creating impact. So theblissworkshop.com. Great. And we'll put links to all of that in the show notes as well. When is the next masterclass happening? Uh, October 23rd. Okay, cool. So So yeah, yeah, I'll be sure we put this out before then. So that way, um, if you're listening, definitely check check that out. If you're listening after October 23rd, definitely check it out because it sounds like it's reoccurring. It's regular. Uh-huh. Yeah. So definitely uh, check out the next one that could occur. So thank you so much for being on the Insightful Adventuring podcast. Thank you. I have enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning into Insightful Adventuring. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Montero. I know I feel so privileged I was able to talk to her. We can learn so much from others around us. And I feel privileged with everybody I get to interview. And I know in this interview, I learned so much about my own practice and also supporting others. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you are interested in learning more, definitely check out the show notes so you can connect with Nicole. And also, if you are interested in doing some more work and learning some more around solo travel or spirituality work, definitely look at the show notes and reach out to me as well. I hope, again, that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, feel free to share it. And then also subscribe and like and review, which will help keep the podcast going. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.